DiscerningHearts.com and the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study presents Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Sharon Doran, along with her husband Steve, are founders of the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study, whose mission is to actively seek truth and raise up disciples for our Lord Jesus Christ through an in-depth Catholic Bible study. Sharon, who holds two master's degrees in education and in pastoral theology with an emphasis in sacred scripture, is an experienced Bible study teacher for over a decade. She has a passion for scripture that motivates and challenges her students to immerse themselves in God's word and apply his message to their everyday lives. We now begin the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study with Sharon Doran. Sharon continues the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study lecture on the miracles of Jesus. In part one, Sharon discussed the healing of a demoniac named Legion. He was the garrison demoniac on the other side of Lake Genesaret, otherwise known as the Sea of Galilee. Legion was definitely a covenant outsider, but Sharon discussed how with Jesus, Covenant outsiders were being healed and made into covenant insiders. Jesus had come for all. Some of the covenant insiders who refused to believe because of their hard hearts were being moved out, while those out of the covenant status were being moved in as they were healed and believed in Jesus. In part two of the miracle lecture, Sharon will focus on Mark chapter 5, which includes Jesus healing the Gerasene demoniac who lived among death in the graves on the other side, as well as Jesus restoring a twelve-year-old girl who had already died, bringing her back to life. She was the daughter of Jairus, one of the rulers of the synagogue. Sharon also examines a Jewish woman who had been bleeding for twelve solid years. In all three of these instances, all three subjects of the miracle are outsiders, They are outside the covenant of Moses because Legion, the demoniac, lives among death in the graves on the other side of the sea. The Jews could not be around death or they too would be unclean. Jairus' daughter is dead, and so to touch death would make one unclean. And the woman bleeding for twelve years was also considered unclean by Jewish law because of her continual hemorrhaging. She was constantly in a state of impurity. All three subjects are out of covenant. But in Jesus, all three are brought into covenant with him by the healing miracle he performed on each one. Let's rejoin the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible study lecture series now. Sharon gives an emotional plea at the end of the lecture for all who need healing, for all who are in bondage or living outside the covenant, that Jesus might heal us. Those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened to the possessed man and to the swine, and they began to beg him to leave their district. And he was getting into the boat, and the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him. I want to be with you. But he would not permit him to. And then get this. He says to him, go home and tell your family. Announce to them all what the Lord has done. Wait a minute. He's been saying, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell. He says, don't tell if it's an Israelite, if it's a Jew. But hey, they don't have a dog in the fight. This is the other side. They're not going to kill him. Go tell everyone. This is a possessed pig. (laughs) Just thought you might want to see what one looks like. 
They're sent to the abyss, the place of the dead, or the prison of Satan. Jesus sends them to the subterranean watery deep that symbolizes the chaos before the order imposed by creation. The spirits don't die. They're spirit, they're pure spirit. But they're sent into a watery abyss because Jesus, the new Adam, is, do, is the new Adam and he's doing a new creation and he's making all things new, including a new covenant when outsiders can come in. Moses led the Israelites out of bondage. They were in bondage. And he opens the sea and they walk through. They exit from the other side to the promised land, from bondage to freedom. But when Pharaoh's guys try it, they're kind of like the pigs. The evil in Pharaoh's army is drowned by the Lord. And I love this line in Exodus 15. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood firm like a wall. The deep waters congealed the heart of the sea. They're celebrating what God has done. He's drowned the evil so they can have freedom from bondage. And when they go into the promised land, he'll part the waters again of the Jordan River so they can walk through on dry shod. Now, these are my favorite stories. They come in this chapter. Jairus' daughter and the woman with the hemorrhage. And just like Luke put that chapter together with the lost, 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 lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, Mark will do an amazing thing in this chapter. They've come across the sea. He's driven out the demons. And now we see Jairus' daughter. Jesus had crossed again. He goes back to the other side now in the boat to the other side and a large crowd is gathering already around him staying close to the sea and one of the synagogue officials a jewish synagogue official named jarius comes forward seeing him he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him saying my daughter my daughter's at the point of death please 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 can you come lay your hands on her and she will get well and live so back on the other side on the in covenant side we meet jarius Jarius, the name in Hebrew means Jehovah enlightens. Now, this is going to be a Mark sandwich. It's my favorite kind of sandwich other than a BLT. <laughs> he went off with him, and a large crowd pressed in upon him. So they're on their way to Jarius' house, and there's this big crowd. Now he goes into a whole different miracle. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhage for 12 years. She's been bleeding for 12 years. 12. See how anemic she is? <laughs> She's losing a lot of blood. She's ritually unclean. Bleeding women can't be touched. They're untouchables. They're outside the covenant until they're purified. She's outside the covenant, not by her own choosing. She's been bleeding constantly for 12 years. Remember 12. She suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors. She spent all the money she had. Yet she was not helped. She only grew worse. And she heard about Jesus. And she came up behind him in the crowd. And she touched his cloak. And she said, if I, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately, immediately, her flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she'd been healed of her affliction immediately just upon the touch. And Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, 
You see how the crowd is pressing in on you, and yet you ask who has touched me. And he looked around to see who had done it. Who touched me? Who touched me? The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus, and she told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, daughter, daughter. Remember that, daughter. Your faith has saved you. She's an Israelite woman who's bleeding. She's unclean. She's a social outcast. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. Now, I've got to tell you a little bit about this. The last prophet, Malachi, said, When the day of the Lord comes, you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, shall rise with healing in his wings. They wore a prayer shawl, and it was like, wings and they put it over like a mother bird the men it was a four-cornered garment with fringe on the corners and it had four fringes in each corner called a tallet the fringes on the corners were called tsetse longer tassels and messiah would have healing even in his garment when messiah comes even he'll have healing in his wings the fringes on his tassels she knows if she can if this really him if she just touches the tip she doesn't want to make him ritually unclean, but if she can just touch the tip of his tsetse, if it's really the Messiah, Malachi said, she'd be healed. And they were told how to make these prayer, gar- these prayer shawls. They were told exactly how to make them in Numbers chapter 15. And in Deuteronomy 22, it was very specific, the way they had to make these. You'll make tassels on the four corners of your garment when you cover yourself. And it's elaborate the way these tassels are woven, and there's a lot of numbers for you number people. There's going to be four tassels, eight strands, one tassel, five knots, four. That's 18. That means life. Everything has a meaning. And they wrap them in certain, and they have five of these things, and that's the book of the Torah, and blah, blah, blah. And every single thing adds up to 39. 39. Why 39? That's the number of stripes that Jesus will have. And by his stripes you will be healed, it says in Isaiah 53, verse 5. By his stripes you will be healed. And the titsi has 39 woven. Everything has meaning. She touched the Messiah's wings and she's healed immediately. She touches the titsi at the corner of his garment. He doesn't even know he's been touched, but she's healed. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. If I could just It's a Mark sandwich. So the other story is this. While that's going on, he's still speaking. People from the synagogue official's house arrive and say, your daughter's died, Jarius. Your daughter's died. Don't trouble the teacher any longer. She's dead. She's gone. The daughter's dead. He didn't get there on time. Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Jarius, do not be afraid. Just have faith. She's gone but she's gone. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John. When they arrived at the house, the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion. People were weeping and wailing loudly already. The professional mourners were there crying. So he went in. And he said to them, why this commotion and weeping? Why this commotion and weeping? The child's not dead but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. And he took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and he entered the room where the child was. 
And he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha kaum, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And the girl, a child of 12, remember that number, rose immediately again and walked around. And they were utterly astounded. She was dead. And he gave strict orders that no one should know this because we're back on the other side. Don't tell anybody. She's raised from the dead, but don't tell anyone. This won't get out, will it? <laughs> and he said, why don't we give her something to eat? Because she really is alive, and she really can eat, and she's hungry, and she's healthy. Maybe a sandwich? <laughs> okay, what's the sandwich thing? I love this. Okay, we have two stories. We have two women. We have a sandwich by Mark inspired by the Holy Spirit. There are some words in both miracles, daughter, 12, immediately, and faith. What's it mean? There were 12 tribes of Israel. He has chosen 12 new restored tribes of Israel, 12 apostles. There's old daughter Zion, and there's new daughter Zion, because he's doing something new. It's a new covenant. Oh, how Jesus loves daughter Zion. She is daughter Israel. She is his sister and his bride, it says in the Song of Psalms. Daughter Zion is his sister and his bride. He loves Zion. He loves Israel. He's doing something new, though. The outsiders from the covenant are being allowed to come in, and the insiders, some of them, are going out. Now, we have bleeding and death, and both are unclean by Jewish standards. Both daughters are outsiders. They're unclean. Even though they're Jewish, they're unclean. Old daughter Zion is bleeding out. She's hemorrhaging. She's not fertile anymore. She's not bearing life. Old Israel, remember the figs? They shrivel up and die. Old Daughter Zion is bleeding out and hemorrhaging. She's not fertile. She's not able to produce life. She can't get pregnant like that. She can't bear eternal fruit. She's not bearing eternal fruit anymore. So this is old daughter Zion. It's in the catacombs because they love this story. It's painted all over the walls. Old daughter Zion reaches out and touches his tzitzi to be made fertile again. Through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has healing in his wings. Okay, so a lot of the Jews come into the New Covenant. A lot of old Zion comes in to the New Covenant. But then there's new daughter Zion. She's 12. She's sleeping. She's dead. No, 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 he says. She's just sleeping. She's 12 years old. She's just coming into her womanhood. She's just becoming fertile. She's a new covenant. She's a new Zion. She's a new daughter. She has potential for life. Her womb is young and fertile. And he says, she's just sleeping. She's coming. I'm going to wake her up. A new covenant's coming. You get it? Isn't it beautiful? She has potential to bear eternal fruit for the new kingdom that he's establishing. She's young. She's beautiful. She's just sleeping. She's not dead. She's just sleeping, and I'm going to wake her up. He's not dead. He's just sleeping. 
He's not dead. He's not dead, Mary and John. Don't cry, Mary. He's not dead, Mary Magdalene. He's not dead. Remember what he told us? He's not dead, everyone. Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, he's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. Why are you crying? Why are you weeping, women? He's not dead. He's not dead. He's sleeping. Christ has no part in death. Where, oh, death is your sting? Where, oh, death is your victory? Jairus' daughter did die. Jesus Christ of Nazareth did die. Jairus' daughter had to die again. She lived for a while, right? As a young woman, until she was an old woman. We don't know when she died, but she had to die again. Jesus of Nazareth will never, ever, 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 ever die again because he conquers death. Reach out and touch him. He can restore you. He can heal you. Immediately, rise, oh daughter, and be healed. His desire is to heal you. Reach out and touch him because he wants to heal you and set you free from whatever bondage you're in. Why are you terrified? You have little faith. He wants to calm your storms in your life. Cancer can kill me, but cancer can't take my life away because I have eternal life in Jesus Christ. Cancer can't rob me of that. It can kill me, but it can't take my life. My life's eternal in him. He opened the way back to the Father. My eternal life is secure in Jesus if I'm ready to die, if I live ready. No one knows the day or hour. Like those virgins, 10 were wise, 10 were foolish. But if we have Holy Spirit in our oil lamp, if we walk by the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit and not the flesh, if we live ready, our eternal destiny is secure in Jesus Christ. Unforgiveness can kill me. And unforgiveness can take my life away. Cancer can't. Unforgiveness can. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in his anger, the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he would pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Unforgiveness kills us. And it takes our eternal life. If we die in mortal sin of unforgiveness, ask the Lord to heal you. Reach out and touch his titsy, just the little tip of the tassel. So you can have a new life, an eternal life. You can eat at the eternal banquet of the bridegroom's wedding feast. Rise up, little girl. Let him love you. Let him love you. Let him love you. Hello, friends. This has got to be one of my very favorite chapters of miracles, Mark chapter 5. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Mark arranged these miracles together. Jesus Christ did raise up a new covenant, and Jesus does want to heal each and every one of us and bring us back into a new covenant with Him. What is your favorite miracle that Jesus did in the scriptures? There are so many. It's nearly impossible to designate a favorite. 
Why did he do so many miracles in that three-year period of his adult ministry? Well, one reason was that humankind might know, that we might know that he was the long-awaited Messiah. It's found in the prophet of Amos at chapter 9, where Amos says, In that day I will raise up the booth of David that has fallen, and repair its branches, and raise up its ruins, and rebuild it as in the days of old. Amos goes on to predict that in the day of the Messiah, the mountains will drip sweet eat wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. Well, that prophecy was fulfilled in John chapter 2, when that first miracle John showcases in his gospel, the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee. Jesus had turned gallons and gallons of Jewish purification water into new symbolic Eucharistic wine. And the passage ended with this at John 1 verse 11. This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. We see a fulfillment there of Amos chapter 9. The mountains are literally dripping with sweet messianic wine. The steward at the wedding feast said, every man serves the good wine first. And when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you, Jesus, have kept the good wine until now. Jesus Christ had all the hills flowing with the most choice wine ever tasted. There will be a sober intoxication of the Holy Spirit on the Feast of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Jesus had manifested his glory and already scripture recorded that his disciples believed in him. He does miracles that the glory of God might be made manifest through him and that we too might believe. His miracles would often fulfill former prophecy. The prophets of old, of ancient times, had predicted and proclaimed that the people would know his true identity as anointed one sent by God when he comes, and he had come. The greatest miracle now is to have our own soul fully healed through the sacrament of reconciliation, that we too might be fully healed, fully reconciled with Him. What a miracle that we might be a new covenant insider and that we might believe and be fully healed, fully restored. Our internal soul's welfare is much more important than our temporal life on earth. If we humble ourselves and go to confession and verbally lay our illness of sin before the priest who sits in person of Christ, Christ still does healing miracles today, and they are healings of the soul in the sacrament of reconciliation that we might be healed and able to fully receive Him in the Eucharist, that we might commune with him again in fullness, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he might take us back to the Father, and he can be in full communion once again with us. This is the miracle that he's still doing today, time and time and time again, that we might know that he truly is God and does want us not to be separated or banished from him a minute longer. Adam and Eve, our first parents, took a big fall from grace. And they were banished until he could heal their souls. He wants to do the same for us so that we can be free of sin, so that we too can eat again from the true tree of life, Jesus, and be taken back into that full communion with the Trinity once again.
We're going to conclude this lesson with four paragraphs from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, all pertaining to the signs of the kingdom of God. Paragraph 547. Jesus accompanies his words with many mighty works and wonders and signs, which manifest that the kingdom is present in him and attest that he was the promised Messiah. Paragraph number 548. The signs worked by Jesus attest that the Father has sent him. They invite belief in him to those who turn to him in faith. He grants what they ask. So miracles strengthen faith in the one who does the Father's works. They bear witness that he is the Son of God. But his miracles can also be occasions for offense. They are not intended to satisfy people's curiosity or desire for magic. Despite his evident miracles, some people reject Jesus. He is even accused of acting by the power of demons. Paragraph 549. By freeing some individuals from the earthly veils of hunger, injustice, illness, and death, Jesus performed messianic signs. Nevertheless, he did not come to abolish all evils here below, but to free men from the gravest slavery, sin, which thwarts them in their vocation as God's sons and causes all forms of human bondage. Paragraph 550 says, The coming of God's kingdom means the defeat of Satan. If it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus' exorcisms free some individuals from the great domination of demons. They anticipate Jesus' great victory over the ruler of this world. The kingdom of God will be definitively established through Christ's cross. God reigned from the wood. What a gift we have in the teaching found in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Thank you, St. John Paul II, for commissioning the writing of our catechism. Until we meet again, friends, stay in God's Word. Let His saving and healing power wash over you in that beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. And always keep seeking truth. If you seek, then you will find, and you will know the truth. And the truth, Jesus Christ, will set you free. You've been listening to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. To hear and or to download this episode, along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. To learn how you can become a participant, either online or in a classroom setting of the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study, go to seekingtruth.net. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com and the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study. Join us next time for Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran.